Well, thank you for joining us for Wednesdays Together, our midweek Bible study. What a wonderful time that we have each week to be able to grow deeper in God's Word and with our with our brothers and sisters. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy week to make worshiping the Lord a priority every week. Amen. Isn't it a blessing to be able to be together? I have a question for everybody right now. How do you deal with anxiety? I'll ask that again. How do you deal with anxiety? Some of you may be saying not very well, not very well right now. Good. You're in the right place if that's your answer. You know, you might want to try what one guy did. He worried so much. He knew this is just not healthy for me. He worried so very much. He knew he had to do something. So he decided that he was just going to hire somebody to worry for him. You know, like the worrying needed to happen, so he was just going to hire somebody to do that for him. So he found this man who agreed to be his hired worrier. This man happily agreed to be his hired worrier for a salary of $200,000 a year. Now, some of you are probably thinking, you know what? I mean, I'm a really good worrier. I worry a lot on my own. I mean, that's my gig. Like, that's my job. $200,000 a year. Sign me up. Well, after the man accepted the job, the very first question he asked his boss was this. Hey, where are you going to come up with $200,000 to pay me for worrying about all your stuff? To which the boss responded, well, now that's your worry, isn't it? (laughs) Last week, we ended our Rebuild series with a message on emotional well-being, specifically on how we can't afford to ignore our emotional health, just like we can't ignore our spiritual health or our physical health. And for today, I felt like I needed to circle back, dive in a little bit deeper, and specifically speak to something that truly has been an epidemic this year, and that is anxiety. That is anxiety. I'd like to open tonight with one of the most beautiful promises Jesus ever gave. I'm going to read from John 14, verse 27. It reads, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Tonight, I'm going to speak on the topic of anxiety busters. We are all so very tired of being so very tired. Am I speaking the truth, anybody? For those of us who are here, we're all agreeing to that. I'm sure those of you who are online, you're thinking, yes, I'm here in my PJs and I am so very tired of being so very tired. We are tired of a pandemic. We are tired of uncertainty. We are tired of injustice. We are tired of the most brutal election season of my lifetime. And we want it all just to be over, right? Only me? I mean, like, if you want it to be over, let me see your hand in the chat. Like, those of you in here, show me your hands. Yes, we are kind of all on the same page Um, (laughs) with that, I am extremely mindful 
that Tuesday is coming. I'm extremely mindful of that. And with that, we have even more uncertainty looming. I know that. And with all of that, anxiety is raging right now. So I want to speak to that anxiety tonight. And I truly believe that God will set us free during this service. Well, I'll say that again. I truly believe that God will set us free from the chains of anxiety during this service. I hope you'll believe that with me right now. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to pray right now in this moment. I feel like this is such an important message. This is such a right now word for the church, for anybody for that matter, um, just an opportunity to give all of our anxiety, all of our pain, all of our struggles over to God. And so I'm going to pray over us right now. Let's pray together. Dear God, we love you. Dear God, we want more of you. God, we want less worry. We want less fear. We want less anxiety. We want less pain. We want less turmoil in the world around us. But most of all, God, we want more peace. We want more of you. We hunger and thirst for your presence. And so right now, touch our minds. Let your transformation happen in this place right now. Move on us and bring us into your abundant life as you have promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For most every person I know right now, most every single person I know right now fears and anxiety about what could or might happen is a constant experience for, for almost everybody I know. Like, I don't know anybody who isn't worried about tomorrow. I don't. And I don't have to tell you that that is wrong. I don't have to tell you that that is a problem. I don't have to tell you that we weren't created to worry that we weren't created for fear, that we have, because we have the power of Jesus Christ living in us, we don't have to walk in that, right? I don't have to tell you that the Bible commands us not to fear and not to worry, right? I, I, I'm sure because, you know, it's Wednesday night, so you're good church folk. You're watching, like you already know that. You already know you're not supposed to be afraid. You already know you're not supposed to have anxiety, but what we need to know in this moment is how to stop. We're human. I am human. <laughs> what I need to know in this moment is how to stop. And I think it's really hard to address something when we've never properly defined it, right? I think sometimes when we struggle with emotions or when we struggle with whatever our, our feelings are, we just kind of think, oh, it's just feelings. Like, And we kind of... Um, we resent the fact that we're human, and we resent the fact that we struggle with feelings, and we don't really speak to what those feelings are. And so I'd like, just, just before we go any further, I'd like to briefly mention some emotions that, that kind of hold us captive in hopes that we can chart a plan to defeat these emotions. You with me? Okay. So um, first, first off, Fear. Fear is an intense emotional reaction to a legitimate present danger, a right now danger. That's fear, okay? Um, anxiety is an equally intense emotional reaction, usually of dread, but 
It is a reaction to a perceived, anticipated, or future danger. Like anxiety is about tomorrow. Anxiety is about the next day, right? And the problem, the problem really that we're walking in right now is that so many of us have experienced a lot of legitimate present dangers right now, right? There's a lot of things that are stirring up fear within us. And I, and I would even say, rightly so. I mean, fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'll talk about that in a minute. But we, 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 that fear rises up. And it's not just in the temporary moment, but then fear turns into or it grows or expands into anxiety, the dread of what might be next. And I think of anxiety kind of like us holding on to fear. That's kind of a way that I can think of anxiety. Like you've got fear, you've got something that happens in a moment, but then anxiety, I mean, think of it this way, you get, you get a cancer diagnosis, that's fear right? I mean, hello, we're not superhuman. That's fear. And then anxiety is worrying, well, what's my, what's my checkup going to be like next week or in the next three months? Or what about when I'm cancer free, but when I come back for that next six month checkup or then the next, that's anxiety, right? Um, And so I think of anxiety um, as holding on to fear. Now, prolonged anxiety can result in changes in your body, like trembling and shaking, you know, that, that physical response, restlessness, sleep problems, fatigue, anger, depression. That, that, those sound like wonderful, wonderful symptoms, don't they? Anxiety becomes this physiological response to what you can't see or what you can't control. Now, worry is another term that we use, and worry, I would say, is that non-technical, non-clinical term for anxiety. You know, what it's because like at night, usually you're not saying, like if you're thinking about something, you can't go to sleep, you're not usually saying, mm, I'm experiencing anxiety. You're just thinking, mm, I'm just worrying about what's going to go down tomorrow, right? They're, so they're, they're really kind of s- synonymous. Panic... Panic, I kind of think of that as kind of up a notch, okay? So panic is an urgent, negative, behavioral reaction to being overwhelmed by fear or anxiety. So it's that, that sort of visceral response, right? When we're in that fear moment or that, or that anxious moment. And then obsession. Obsession is a persistent, often unwanted flooding of thoughts, that is very difficult to control. All of these negative emotions can compound and spiral out of control. And so kind of like it starts with fear. It just starts with fear. And fear is a natural, fear is a God-given emotion, right? Um, But it starts there, and then we don't surrender it. We don't give it up. We don't entrust it to God. And then we find ourselves anxious, worrying about tomorrow, then all of a sudden we can't function, and then panic. Something, a trigger event could happen, maybe not even, maybe not even that big of a deal, but it kind of just puts everything into a spiral, and a panic happens. And then the next thing you know, your life is so different because you are bound by these anxious thoughts, and it becomes an obsession. It becomes a permanent loop in your brain that you can't break 
free from. And some of you might be here thinking, my goodness, why is she saying that to us? Because we're Christians. But I'm telling you right now, my goodness, as Christians, as Christians, the mental health statistics aren't that different from people who are not. And I don't say that to be judgmental. I say that in hopes that I can speak some life to our situation because I believe that there is peace and there is hope to be found. And you see what happens is when these negative emotions compound and they spiral out of control, we end up living in this prison of a false reality. Now, why would I call this a false reality? Because no matter what we face, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you're facing impending death. We don't have to be imprisoned by these emotions because we know no matter what, we have a God who always loves us. And we have a God who is in control. And we can trust those two facts to be true in our lives. We can surrender to that completely. We can surrender to him completely. I would say that fear and anxiety exist on a spectrum. Okay, if you could kind of think about this movement. Um, they exist on a spectrum. And on, at one end, these emotions inform us of important information that, keep, that keeps us safe. Okay, so if you're hiking a trail and you stumble upon a wild animal, anybody done that? Hey, if you have, type it in the chat. It would just kind of be interesting to know who survived a hippopotamus or something when they were at, I don't know, um, Brushy Creek Trail, um, that heart-pounding, palm-sweating, adrenaline-pumping, fight-or-flight reaction we have, right? Hey, that, that's from God. That's a gift from God because, like, if that hippo's coming at you, charging at you because you made him mad, um, like, just standing there thinking about, like, logically thinking through, hmm, wonder what he had for lunch today. Wonder why he's angry. No, 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 no. We need to move and move quickly. It, that, that fear, <laughs> it tells us we need to respond quickly to get out of harm's way. Now, the other end of the spectrum, um, I would say anxiety. Um, we've got full-blown anxiety that's out of control, okay? And um, when those physiological responses become chronic and extreme, okay? So I'm talking about like that, that loop in our brain, and then we have all of these physical responses in our bodies, and we have this, we, we just feel trapped, and we feel like we can't change that track in our minds. We literally cease to be able to function normally. We may not be able to concentrate or sleep or eat properly. We can't. And at that point, we can't carry on normal, everyday activities. And I would tell you, when we get to that stage, you know, fear, fear is normal. Fear is a good thing. And actually, all of these things can be their, their natural responses. That doesn't mean they're good. But when you get to this point and it's out of control and you feel like you, you know, you know you can't function the way that you need to function, at that point, listen to me. Listen to me, somebody. Don't be afraid to get professional help. Do not be afraid to seek. Of course, we seek spiritual help. And your church family is here to pray you through this situation. But don't be afraid to get psychological or medical intervention. 
We believe in prayer, and we believe that there is, there is no shame in getting medical help for emotional problems. And right now, there, right now, the degree of serious emotional problems in our society is, I would, I would imagine, the, the highest rates that it's ever been. So don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. You know, people aren't shamed for taking insulin for diabetes because it's a need that they have. Don't be ashamed. Get the help that you need. And so, so I, I need to establish, I'm not making light. I'm not trying to in any way, um, in any way minimize true mental health problems, okay? What I'm trying to do is that realize that we help us see that we, we all have, we all have our part to play in this. We all have our struggles with that. And when we, when, when we feel anxiety rise up, as Christians, there are things we can do to take that captive. And who knows, who knows, by surrendering that to the Lord, it may be that it prevents you from getting all the way over here to this place. Okay? So that's, that's the hope that I'm sharing today. Right now, Right now in this moment, I believe that God wants to touch us and we have that power of prayer. We have, we have the benefit of godly counsel. We have lots of things that we can do. We need to take advantage of spiritual things, of medical things, of psychological things, whatever we need. And here's another thing that's important for you to know. Because anxiety is experienced on a spectrum, okay, you could start out over here and you could kind of think that that's, that that's where you are. Your feelings may fluctuate. You may think you have it under control. Now, y'all might think that I'm, I'm making it sound a little bit like an addiction. And I would say this, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to anyone who is struggling with with mental health issues in any way, but our brain kind of views it that way. And let me explain to you what I'm talking about. When you get that adrenaline rush from fear, and then when your brain then you kind of get that surge from anxiety of, oh, well, I'm going there and I'm kind of, you, you kind of go down that track, your brain gets in that loop. And so then when that's the natural, normal way that your neurons are connected and your brain is thinking, you fall into a pattern, you fall into a rut, just the same way an addict does. It's the same kind of thing. The beautiful thing is that the same way we can detox addictions, we have the ability to detox our brains. We have the ability to detox these things in our spirit. And again, I'm not trying to make everything spiritual. There are, there are emotional health issues that we need professional help for. I, I feel like I need to keep saying that disclaimer because I don't want anyone to, to misunderstand me. But I want you to know in this moment, right now, you may feel like, okay, isn't this how everybody feels and isn't this how we're supposed to feel? So the answer to that first question is, yes, most people are feeling like kind of just stressed out, intense, in this hype, in this hysteria, in, in these times that, <laughs> that, that we call all the time unprecedented times, <laughs> we know that, right? But the answer to that second question, isn't that how we're supposed to feel? No. No. 
God can bring deliverance to our situations. And so you might be in a situation right now, you might feel like, oh my goodness, all the noise, it's just deafening. I, I, I can't think clearly. I can't drown it out. It might, it might be seriously impacting the way you live from, from day to day. But the good news is, regardless of how much anxiety we're carrying, if you're here or if you're here, we can break free in Jesus Christ. We can break free in Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus has called us to surrender everything over to him. Because he loves us and because we can trust him and because it was never my load to bear in the first place. It was never my load to bear in the first place. First Peter 5, 7 calls us to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I could come in tonight with a lot of action points <laughs> about what you should do. Um, but <laughs> like, like if, you, if you just Google anxiety or stress or whatever, I mean, I'm sure you can get 9 million articles um, that are written right now in, in, our, in our world, in our situation right now that will tell you what to do. So I could easily tonight um, throw up a list of 48 things you could do to address anxiety. And if you're like me, when you heard that, you just probably... I don't know, just tensed up a little bit because uh, right now I'm easily overwhelmed. I'm just going to be truthful. So all these lists, you know, that, okay, that, no, that's, that's just overwhelming me. I don't, I don't want those lists right now. I could come with all these um, talking points or action points, um, but I want to focus on one truth tonight, one simple thing, one simple takeaway, and pray that it will make sense for us and help us to find our way through this struggle. And here is that truth. Here is that truth. Trust is not passivity. Trust is not passivity. I'm going to say it a different way. Trusting in God is not being passive. I'll say it another way. Trusting in God requires action. Trusting in God is not just sitting back waiting for stuff to happen. Trusting in God requires active faith. Now, how many of you know, maybe you've heard, that trusting God is the key to overcoming fear and doubt? Anybody? You've heard that before? Okay, yes. So we know that, um, and we've heard that, and as good Christians, we just try to get really good at trusting God, right? Okay, I just need to trust Him more. Okay, okay, check. If that, if A plus B equals C, then I need to be doing A plus B because I want C, right? So we do that. Now, um, how many of you, you don't even have to raise your hand. You don't even have to raise your hand, but just honestly, honestly address this in your heart. How many of you are really good at trusting? How many of you are really, really good at trusting? It just comes easy for you, Okay. Now, for, we're, we're, we're analyzing our hearts, right? For the one and one half of you who are thinking you are good at trusting, okay, great. Good for you. Good for you, people. Um, just, why don't you just take a seat 
and wait over there for the rest of us because we need a little bit more. We need, <laughs> we need a little uh, more direction uh, to, to get us through this point. For most of us, trusting seems harder every single day. Am I speaking the truth? Every single day that we live, trusting seems to get harder. Why? Because we live in a world that is increasingly eroding our trust. We live in a society that we want, even when we want to trust in things, our trust is broken. Our trust is broken. We feel like we have this violation, this breach in our spirits, and it makes it very difficult to trust. Did you know, did you know that some politicians, not all, but did you know that some politicians will say what they think you want them to hear just to get your vote? I'm sure you find that hard to believe. But, but, like, but it's true. Some, some actually will do that. Did you know that sometimes, even when people think they're telling you the truth, like from their most sincere place of their heart, and they're advising you in a way, did you know that it doesn't always work out the way everyone thought that it would work out? And did you know that many times you will end up disappointed? Many situations we end up in we end up disappointed. So what we find is this pattern of being jaded and distrusting in general, right? That's a pattern. That's the trap that we find our lives in. And then when we think of trusting God for our struggles and our problems, it just feels like, it just feels like we can't, okay? Because it's so hard to trust in the here and now world that we can touch and taste and feel and see and, you know, all of this. So it makes it very difficult to trust God. It's like this nebulous pie in the sky, impossible to accomplish. It's like this unreasonably laid back approach when the world is on fire do you know what I mean? Okay, now if any of you in the room are doers, you know what I mean. Like you know that trusting is hard. <laughs> um, you, you see everything burning around you, and so you're thinking, uh, I need to, I mean, I need to pick up a fire hose. I need to do something, right? Um, and so we feel like, um, <laughs> we feel like trusting God in some ways is just kind of, I don't know, sitting back on the couch with your feet up. And throw in some jello on the wall and hoping something sticks, right? Um, <laughs> it's just not just just not a lot. Um, it's very difficult because it doesn't feel like it's a tangible thing we can do. But my friends, remember the main point that I wanted us to grasp tonight, just the one? Trust is not passive. Trust is not passage. Trust doesn't mean that you aren't doing anything. Trust doesn't mean that you're kicked back with your feet up eating bonbons, just waiting on whatever comes your way. Trust means that you are actively surrendering everything over to God. You see, our thoughts about trusting God can often go something like this. <laughs> okay, so I know I'm just supposed to trust God, and I know that I'm not going to have control over anything anyway, 
And I know that whatever happens will happen no matter what, no matter what I do. So I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to try to be calm. I'm just going to let things play out however they play out. I mean, nothing I do will ever matter anyway. It's going to happen however it happens anyway. So I'm just not going to do anything. Because trusting God must mean not doing anything. Right? That, that's, that's how we think. And I would say that we may think that sounds spiritual because we're trusting God. Uh, that's really not spiritual at all. Because if I can say this without offending anybody, it's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. That's saying, well, you're not doing what I want you to do, Lord, so I'm just going to throw my hands up and fine, whatever. No, that is not, that's not trust because trust is active. See, when God calls you to trust, he doesn't call you to give up. I'm going to say that again. When God calls you to trust, he does not call you to give up. He calls you to do whatever it takes to give your fear and your anxiety to him, period. Whatever you have to do to give that over to him, that's what he's calling you to do. You've probably heard this saying, work like it depends on me, but pray like it depends on God. Has anybody ever heard that before? And I believe that this attitude really is a better way to think about real trust in God, which is putting our anxiety to rest. What do I mean by that? Um, I mean that I can't make it happen, but I need to be ready to work when God speaks the word to, to me. I need to be ready to do whatever he's calling me to do in that moment. I pray like it depends on God, but when he speaks the word, I get to work. Amen? That's faith in action. That is trust in action. In speaking about the pitfalls of being passive when it comes to trust, J.I. Packer said it this way, rather than waiting for Jesus to move us instead of moving ourselves into position, we should report for duty each day asking God, what should I do? God, what's my part? I'm trusting you. I'm giving this over to you. Now, what's my part? What's my job to do here? There is activity that we all should be doing that is laboring in prayer, that is obeying God's word, that is destroying sin in our lives. And J.I. Packer goes on to say, the Christian's motto should not be let go and let God, but trust God and get going. Amen. Trust God and get going. Why don't you put that in the chat? Trust God and get going going. Amen. So in our present situation, there are real risk. I'm not minimizing that. There are struggles. There, there is pain. There is suffering. And in our present situa situation, we look at the real risk and we pray and we ask God, what is our part? That is what we do. That is active faith. That is trust in action. You know, if your candidate doesn't win on Tuesday, or if your preferred candidate isn't even on the ballot, hello, <laughs> um, we still pray and vote our conscience. And then we try to be the best citizen we can be. Amen? Amen. That, that's it. 
That's faith in action. If things spike again at another time with coronavirus and supplies are hard to come in to, uh, supplies are hard to get our hands on again, and we think that we're going to run out of toilet paper again, <laughs> you know, we try our best to buy some and help other people out and share some. But we shouldn't be hoarding it up for the next two years. I mean, come on, we do the best that we can do. If we're in a situation where our hours get cut at work because the economy hits a bump that affects us directly, you know what we do? We can trust God to help us find a new job or to take care of us in those situations. We do what is in our power to do, and we pray that God will exercise his control over what we cannot control. Isn't that beautiful? We just have to do what we can do. And then we trust God to do what we cannot. The good news is that habits can be broken. I already said that earlier tonight. The good news is that habits can be broken. So what can we do to address this habit of anxiety that has become a stronghold for so many of us? Well, here's what we can do. We can commit to living in the present moment. We can commit to living in the present moment. There is absolutely no alternative. You could worry about tomorrow and the next day and the next day and 50 years from now, and you can worry about what the world is going to be like for your children and your children. Think of that song, The Blessing, <laughs> for your children and their children and their children. You know what? You could have a, a reverse blessing. You could anxiety, uh, <laughs> you could project that anxiety and that fear for your children and their children and their children. You can do all that. But we've got to commit to living in the present moment. There is no alternative. And once you have convinced yourself of this fundamental truth, then you need to find practical ways to keep your attention focused on the situation immediately at hand. Listen, we've got to discipline our minds. We've got to discipline our spirits. When you feel that fear rising up about something you can't control, especially about something that it's, it's not even here yet, when you feel that rising up, you need to cast that off. You need to give it over to the Lord. When you start to feel that dread and that anxiety rising up, do something. Do something. Get up. I mean, just literally, like literally, get up off your seat. <laughs> Walk around. Get off that screen. Can I tell you, uh, I, I'm just, ooh, I'm probably going to be meddling right now, but you're probably not going to find the release from anxiety that you're looking for on social media. I mean, it's just, it's just probably not going to be there. Go for a walk. Call a friend. Text a friend if, if calling isn't cool anymore. Text a friend or message or whatever, whatever you can do. Step outside for five minutes. I know we Texans are dying today because, you know, I mean, like it's like, oh, my goodness. It dipped below 50 degrees. We might die. So just like, just open the door. Just get a little bit of that brisk air. I mean, it might do you some good, you know? Find a way. Count your blessings. Oh, and don't forget about praying. These are all things that we can do to focus on the moment. Don't just sit there and take it. Listen, 
Like the song that we opened up with, don't just, don't just sit back and think that you're surrounded and you can't fight. Fight back. Fight your battles in prayer. Fight your battles in praise. Cast off, actively cast off that anxiety. And we're going to pray right here, um, right here just before we close. Now, um, after we pray, I, I just want to share a brief ten- technique with you that you might find helpful But right now, I want us to pray. I know that God is in this place. His spirit, his goodness, his mercy are right here. I know you can feel him in your home. I know God has deliverance for you. It is not God's will for you to walk in anxiety. And we're going to pray right now. We're going to cast that anxiety on him. Let's pray. Dear God. I am yours. Lord, you formed me in my mother's womb. You created me perfectly, fearfully made, Lord, in your own image. And God, I repent of carrying anxiety about the unknown. I repent of thinking that I'm responsible, that I'm responsible for making everything happen. God, I repent of not surrendering everything over to you. Lord, I ask right now that you help us find ways to actively trust you instead of being passive. Instead of thinking that trusting God means that we just kick back and wait for whatever to happen to us. No, no. Lord, help me commit to actively finding ways to surrender my faith over to you and to walk into that, to obey when you call my name. Lord, help me commit to living in this present moment. Lord, not being bound by what could happen, not being bound by what's already happened in my past, but God living right now because you are here with me. You will not leave me. You will not forsake me. And your grace is sufficient for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. God, we are not promised another breath in our lungs. So let me live in this moment with gratitude in you. And God, when I start to feel overwhelmed, Help me find ways to connect with you instead. Help me find ways to turn off that negative, soul-stealing loop in my brain and submit my spirit over to you. Because you will renew me. You will renew my mind. And so that's what I'm calling on for your children right now. Help us to renew our minds with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't we give my hand a praise right now and thank him for doing what only he can do in our lives. Amen? Amen. Well, I promised you that I would share a technique with you. I read about this a while back, and um, I, I, think, I think it's a great way for us to practice keeping ourselves in the moment right now. So it might not make sense here as I first started to, tell, to explain it. Just stick with me, okay? So this, this strategy says to write the following four questions on an index card or a post-it note or whatever, whatever's easier for you. Okay, the first question is, what are five colors I see right now? What are five sounds I hear right now? What are five things I physically feel right now? Not emotions, but like I can touch this um, pulpit. I can run my fingers through my hair. What are things I can feel And then the fourth question is, what do I need to be doing or thinking about right now? 
And so the purpose of this, so place, your, place the card on your nightstand, okay? When you wake up in the morning, go over those four questions to kind of get your brain going in a new direction. I don't know if, if you're like this, but sometimes I wake up, sometimes I wake up before the clock, and I wake up before the clock because I have a laundry list of about 92 things that I didn't get done on my to-do list the day before. And so I can't even get out of bed. I kind of just feel like I'm lying there and I need a plan to get out of bed. And I've got all these things racing at me. And what this does, <laughs> this gives me an opportunity to kind of think about the moment. Think of the moment that I'm in. Not think about five minutes from now or 50 minutes from now or five weeks from now. Think about that moment. Go over those four questions. After naming the five colors, the five sounds, the five sensations, then ask God, okay, God, what do I need to do in that moment when my feet first hit the floor? What do I need to do? Like, I'm turning off that loop of worry, and I'm just thinking about this moment where I am right now. Is it go to the bathroom? Is it put on my robe? Is it make the coffee? I, th I think I just felt a witness in the spirit from some of you. It's make the coffee. Okay. And once you have that answer, go and do that one thing. Do that one thing. Don't try to handle your entire day while you're lying flat on your back pressing the snooze button. <laughs> okay. Do that one thing. Don't get sucked into the what if thinking. Just make the coffee. Just do that one thing. And then go to the next thing on your mental list and then keep doing that. But then know that when the pressures of the day start piling up, when those pressures start piling up and you feel overwhelmed, anybody, is, am I speaking truth to anybody? I don't know about you, but I mean, I just feel like sometimes surviving the day with my sanity intact is like that should be like I should get an Olympic medal. And so when I start here, but then it's like, oh, this needs to be done and this and this and this. And then all the competing voices and all the stress. When all that starts happening, do that process again. When you feel your brain on that negative loop and when you feel your brain getting down the road again, stop and think about this moment. Stop and think about what you're experiencing right then. Do it at night before you go to bed. Ask God to help you go to sleep and get a good night's sleep instead of fretting about tomorrow. You have to practice keeping yourself in the moment. You have to practice finding ways to pray without ceasing. That's what scripture says, to pray without ceasing, asking God to help us in the moment. It might sound simple. It might sound um, overly simplistic, but this is an easy way to interrupt the negative patterns in your brain and to connect with God's voice for your next step. It'll take practice, but it'll work to turn off that loop of anxiety in your brain. I pray that you all have a great week. I want you to know we are here for you. We love you very much. And whatever you need, if you are struggling, if you're struggling in any way, please, please reach out to us. Please reach out to your care community. Please reach out to me personally. We are here for you. We don't want you to think that you're walking this journey alone. You don't have to bear your burdens alone. We are here for you. And I can't wait to see you for worship again this Sunday. We'll be meeting right here on campus for in-person worship Sunday at 10:30 a.m. If you can't make it in person, we'll have online worship for you Sunday at 10:30 a.m. as well, also at 7 p.m. I pray you have a great week. We love you. God bless you.